Hey, good morning. How are you doing, Victory Lakeside? Everybody good? Are you enjoying your summer? Someone asked me that yesterday, and I just told him, I said, well, I'm kind of waiting for mine to start. Anybody been working like straight through, doesn't feel like summer's happened yet? I see a few hands up. We'll meet later for a little support group, all right? We'll just kind of get together. Listen, it's always an honor and a privilege uh, to be here. In a little less than a month, uh, I'm going to be celebrating uh, uh, with my wife 23 years of marriage. Uh, Can you give it up for my wife, Molly? 23 years of patience, endurance, strength from the Lord to live with me. Uh, Man, these are good times and these are good days. And so if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Judges. We're going to kind of ground ourselves there. And I'm going to take a couple of minutes and just kind of lay out uh, the groundwork or the thoughts behind what I believe God's laid on my heart for us today. And here's my hope that you leave this place more encouraged than you came. I believe in my heart when I was praying for you this morning that you'll walk out of here with a little extra pep in your step and you'll go, you know what? God's got something great for me and I know exactly what I need to do. But I just, before we do that, how many of you in here, you hate putting things together, like when you get something new, a shelf for the house, a, a grass catcher for the lawnmower, you, you, the last thing you want to do is open the instructions. Come on, how many of you feel like naturally the, that the Lord gave you the wisdom? You can do this on your own. I don't need some little, and how many of you always go back and grab, no matter, you, you know it, but you end up going back to the directions because you missed a step. And so the title of my message today is One Step at a Time. And the thought behind it is this, that at every juncture of my life where I have followed God and he's given me an assignment, and you're going to hear this language, and if you're not new to, 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 if you're new to faith and you haven't been following Jesus long, uh, that may sound odd to you, but we actually believe this, that God has a plan for our life and he orders our steps. Can you say amen? And that the song that we just sang resonates so deeply in my heart because the Bible says this one very clear fact that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yes? Without faith, it's impossible to make him smile. Without faith, it's impossible to bring joy and and a smile on the face of God. And so you said, man, one step at a time. See, I'm notorious. I don't want to do steps one, two, and three. I want to get to the end. I'm a hurrier, right? I'm just in every assignment that God has put me in, here are two things that I have recognized, that he prepared me for that moment, but not fully. Because he never wanted me to think I could do it with my own effort. And in every new phase of my life, there have been challenges, there have been experiences, there have been uh, uh, things that, man, I was not prepared for that caused me to lean into God and say, Lord, I need you to help me today. And this idea that, that, man, that life happens, that our faith is built one step at a time. See, the story in the book of Judges is about one of the most unlikely heroes that you will ever read about. His name is Gideon. And in this passage, we find that Gideon, in these two short chapters, goes from a zero to a hero. Come on, some of the guys in this room, you felt like that on dates. Some of the people you married, you're still looking like, man, how in the world did I get her to say yes, right? And so this whole idea of Gideon, he went from hiding out in fear to being in chapter 7, right? We read these words, and I don't know about you, but this is what I want people to think about, about me as a leader, In chapter 7, we see Gideon the hero where he yells to his mighty men and his warriors that are going to attack uh, uh, insurmountable odds. And he goes, follow me, follow my lead, do what I do. 
But yet a chapter before, we find our hero hiding in a wine press. And so I want to kind of unpack this a little bit with you. If you're not familiar with the book of Judges, let me just, uh, 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 let me just open this up to you. Can, can I ask a favor? Can we turn the lights on in here? Is that okay? Is that all right? If Jeff's not here, so he'll have to forgive me. But I promised him I wouldn't say anything bad about Georgia football today. Even though Clemson are the national champions. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Right? I just want to be able to see your face. So in the book of Judges, there is this cycle. Oh, there you are. Oh, you look so good this morning. I'm sorry I woke you up there in the back. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Right? So the book of Judges has this cycle in it. Uh, and, and here's how it would go. God would bless his people. And they would love it, and they would live a good life for a while, but then they would start to wander away, and they would begin to forget who blessed them, and they'd begin to serve other gods. And then, because of their rebellion, the Lord would kind of remove his hand, and an enemy would come in and would attack the, uh, the, the people of God, and they would be in this unbelievable oppression. And it would happen for year on and year on and year on until the people finally broke and they began to cry out for God. And they would say, God, come back, save us, forgive us. And God would raise up what we call a judge or a deliverer to come back and deliver the people back to God. And this is the cycle that we see that Gideon steps into and what had happened in his life. So let me give you a little context about our boy here. For seven years straight, the Midianites had been coming in and attacking his land. And the Bible says that there were so many of them that you could count the sand before you could count how many they were. And they would descend upon the land, and the Bible says they consumed everything. They took their crops, they killed their animals, and when they would leave, that literally the Israelites would be on the brink of starvation, and everything that they had worked for had been taken away from them. And so you kind of get this sense of the desperation that Gideon is going through when we find him here. And, and, and the beginning of our story, he is a broken man, filled with fear, filled with doubt, filled with all sorts of hesitation. But by the end of chapter 7, he is our hero and he has won the day. And what I want you and I to do today is look at step by step what happened to transform the life of Gideon from a zero to a hero. From someone hiding in a wine press to someone saying, follow me as we take Take the land for our people. Amen? Hey, let's read this passage. I'm going to read chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. And this is where the Lord finds Gideon and he approaches him. And he says this in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you mighty warrior. <laughs> I love it when God shows up and calls us what we're supposed to be, but not what we are. The guy is hiding. Scripture clearly says it. And the Lord steps in and goes, no, no, no. Hey, I am with you. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I love this verse 13. And it may not be on the screen for you, but if you've got your Bibles, read along with me or on your phone. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? 
In verse 15, he goes, But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Let's pray. Father, over the next few minutes, God, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying, eyes to see what needs to be changed in our life, and the courage to take the first step in becoming, Lord, who you've called us to be. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So I told you, man, faith grows one step at a time. And, and I just recently had the opportunity to, to take about 132 hours of coursework with the Polk County Sheriff's Office. I'm in a unique program that's happening at the school. And I, I was eager to jump into this. And I knew that I was going to get a chance to train with officers and, and SWAT uh, officers. And if you know anything about me, I'm a gun guy and I love to shoot. I love to hunt. And so I was just amped up about getting to the place where I could train with SWAT. And we were going through uh, our, our training and we got to the day. And I, I just, I mean, I was like, here it is. Today's the day we're going to be training with SWAT. I'm excited about this. We're going to be entering rooms. And what was the first thing we did? SWAT guy, commander goes, oh, come on, follow me. We're going to go spend about three or four hours in the classroom. I'm going to teach you how to walk through a door. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you actually think you know how to walk through a door, but you really don't know how to walk through a door. And for the next three hours, this guy convinced me he was right. I had no idea to tactically know how to get through a door, and it took about three hours for him to train me step by step of what I was supposed to do and how to enter a door. And which door? Does it swing in? Does it swing out? Are you pulling it? Are you pushing it? Is it a left hand? Is it a right hand? What are you supposed to do? And I remembered in that moment, thinking about this passage, knowing I was preaching, that man... This is exactly how my faith has been. I'm anxious to get after it, but God says, wait a minute. I got to teach you the basics first. We find God talking to Gideon. and He says, mighty warrior to a man trembling in fear, trying to protect his family's right. And here's the first step that I think you have to wrestle with to grow your faith in God. Gideon was honest with God and he responded to him. He goes, wait a minute. Mighty warrior, nothing. If God is so great, why did he let this happen? Why did he let these bad things happen to my family? Why am I having to hide here? Why am I overwhelmed by this enemy? Have you ever been in a place where you questioned God? Have you ever been in a moment where bad things happened in your life and you just weren't real happy about it? You can be honest. God, why did you let this happen? I'm going to church. I'm paying my tithe. I'm, I'm there on a regular basis. This isn't supposed to happen to me. And yet, here's what we learn from Gideon in these moments. He, step one, he dealt with his doubt. The very first thing, the very first step for Gideon with where he was, he was honest with God. And he goes, wait a minute, you're calling me a mighty warrior. I'm anything but that. My family's the weakest. I'm the smallest. What are you talking about? I am not your guy. And God responds to him and he says, no, 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 no. You're exactly who I need because I will be with you. Man, how many times in church do we sit on the sideline and let somebody else do the work of God for us because we don't think we're qualified? Here's what I have learned in my life, that I've never been fully qualified to do what God's called me to do. It is always by his strength, his power, his spirit that I'm able to accomplish what he's called me to do. Church, if you're here today and you're, you're kind of with someone and you're a friend and you're like, man, I, I don't really follow Jesus. Churches are just about money. Trust me, they're not. 
Churches are about coming together under the name of Jesus Christ that we could be saved and follow God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's about the good news that Christ came to rescue us from our sin. If you're here today, sir, and you've got doubts about God, you're here today, ma'am, and you've got doubts about who Jesus really is, come find us afterwards. Come find me and let's talk because I believe God's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubt. God has a plan for our lives and we simply have to respond in who we are and where we're at. Amen? Amen. The first step, Gideon dealt with his doubt. We have to deal with that before we move forward. And here's why. I believe faith is about a mindset. Her name was Florence Chadwick. In 1951, she got into the cold waters off of the coast of California, Catalina Island, to make a 24-mile swim. And I did not mistake my measurement. 24 miles how many of you have a hard time swimming 24 feet? Come on, right? right? I, I, I have this thing. I love athletes. I love the amazing things they do. I love to swim. You know why I love to swim? I have a son who is a collegiate wrestler. He has 0% body fat. Drives me crazy. Kid walks out in the morning. I'm like, who chiseled you this morning? You know what I'm saying? Just, and his dad's kind of plump, and I'm kind of, you know. Here's what I love about getting in the pool with my, with my son. Fat floats. <laughs> it, 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 it's the greatest equalizer, swimming in the water, right? I get in, and I'm just blowing by him. He's just trying to tread water to swim. I'm like, yep, that's right. God knew what he was doing. And I love the idea of swimming. And so, just so, so, so Florence Chadwick had already crossed the English Channel. She was the first woman uh, to swim both ways across the English Channel. That's about 21 miles, uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't know. But 24 miles from Catalina Island to the shore of California. And this swim wasn't a normal swim. She would have boats on either side and behind her because she was swimming through shark-infested waters. And they were there with harpoons. Really, I don't understand what people are doing with their life, all right? The whole idea of this. In case a shark came up behind her and they would protect her, like that's really going to help everything I've ever seen. Those poor seals, they hit them from the bottom, right? But she's doing it. And she's 15 hours into her swim and the fog sets in and, and, and weariness sets in and she's cramping and she's tired and her mom is in the boat beside her and she's swimming and she looks, she goes, I'm done, I'm done. And her mom goes, no, you can make it, keep going. And she swims a little while longer and she finally looks up and she goes, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. Get me out. And it wasn't long after they pulled her out of the water and she didn't make her swim that they broke through the fog and she realized that she was less than a quarter of a mile from land. Faith is about perspective. And when all you see is the enemy and the bad things that are in front of you, no wonder you have doubt. No wonder you have worry and concern. But man, we have got to build upon what God has already done for us. And don't let our circumstance dictate the measure of our faith. Amen? You can't do it. And so she did the swim again. And guess what happened again? The fog began to roll in. She began to get tired. But the story goes this time. She knew, I'm close, and I can do this. When God calls you to do things, there are small steps along the way that he calls you to do that will build your faith and will remind you he's got you. He'll never forsake you. Some of you in the room, and I hear this, just people all the time, they struggle with paying tithe. They struggle with giving. Oh, here we go. We're talking about money again. Listen, you don't know my checkbook. Listen, you can live way better on 90% than you'll ever on 10%. Right? And I think that's just permission to play. 
I come from a family where my father's 25, 30% of his income he gives away, and it's out there. And he just goes, son, I've never, ever outgiven God. And every time I've given, God's blessed me more. Some of you this morning, you need to take the small step, wrestle with your doubt, and begin to be faithful with your finances and see what God does in your life. Amen? Next thing he told Gideon to do, says later that night, in fact, um, let's, let's keep talking for a second. Uh, Gideon says, okay, if you are who you say you are, let me go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to create a sacrifice. I'm going to bring a sacrifice back to you and, and wait right here. And I love what the angel of the Lord says, I will wait right here until you return. He was in no hurry. And he brought back unleavened bread and some meat and some broth. And the angel said, pour the broth on the rock. Put your offering up there. And scripture says that the angel of the Lord touched the rock and flames consumed it and it was gone. And it was in that moment that Gideon said, I've seen the Lord. Right? He had this revelation that God met me in my place. He answered my questions. So since the Bible says later on that night, the Lord instructed him, hey, I want you to go down and I want you to take uh, and destroy the, the, the altar of the foreign gods that your father have set up in your city. There's an Asherah pole. There's an altar to Baal. And I want you to take the, uh, the seven-year-old bull out of your dad's herd. And I want you to sacrifice that. And I want you to tear down the idols. What God was calling Gideon to do was not just deal with his doubt, but step two, deal with the sin in his life. The sin in his family. And the Bible says that even after God had showed himself to him, Gideon was afraid. He goes, I'll do it, I'll do it, but I'm going to do it at night when no one can see me, all right? Uh, and, and, and the Bible says he goes out and he basically does what God wants him to do, but he does it in secret. I don't, am I the only one that this sounds a lot like my life? That God calls me to do things, but I never have the courage that I think he wants me to have? Gideon stepped out and he did it. The story goes the next morning, and the Bible says, after much investigation, they determined that it was Gideon. They came to Gideon's house, the men of the city, and they begin to bang on the door, and they begin to, to call out. And Gideon doesn't step up and go, I'm on assignment from God. He hides behind his dad. And his dad speaks up for him. And he says, look, let Baal fight for himself, but no one's going to touch my son. Get out of here. And what we see is obedience, but not full confidence. I'm going to say this to you again. God never demands that you're fully ready before he uses you fully. It's a process you follow God one step at a time. If you wait until you're perfect, you will breathe your last breath, never doing anything great for God. Take what you have in your hand, whatever measure of faith you have, and use that to glorify and honor God. The third step that Gideon took, he dealt with the doubt. He dealt with the sin. And now it was time to do what God had called him to do to deal with the enemy of his people. And what I love about this is even in this moment, he's still not fully confident. The Bible says that the uh, Midianites and all of the eastern people had settled in their land again, and it said their camels were so many that it would be easier to count the, sand, the grains of sand. It was like locusts had inherited, right? Just come there, so that's how many people there were. And, and Gideon had mustered together about 32,000 people 33,000 fighting men to answer this and drive this enemy out of their land. And the, the Lord said to Gideon, hey, I love you, 
You got too many people. Now, I don't know about you and if you've ever been in a fight in your life, but the last time I checked, more is better. Amen? It's not complicated. If you have more, things tend to go in your direction. But the Lord says, no, 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 uh-uh. If I do this and you do it this way, you're going to think you did it. I want you to, to, to pare the men down. And they went through these little unique little processes, and they went from 32,000 men down to 300. 300 men were there with Gideon, and the Lord says, now, I've got you. And if you have a doubt, I want you to get out into the camp, and when you get there, you're going to overhear them talking, and it's going to give you confidence that I am with you. And sure enough, Gideon goes down, obeys God, small steps, sneaks into the camp. And the moment he gets there, Scripture says he overhears two guys talking. And one guy goes, hey, I had this crazy dream last night about some big roll, you know, from the steakhouse rolling down the mountain and crushing our tent, right? It's this crazy dream. And the other guy responds and he goes, oh, that can be nothing short of Gideon and his mighty men. The Lord has given him over. And, And Gideon heard this conversation. And it bolstered his strength. Can I just tell you that every time I've stepped out to do something great for God, there were what I call winks along the way. There were words of encouragement that came to me from other people. Hey, stay in the fight. God's got you in this moment. Hey, I've been where you are. I know it's tough. Some of you this morning, the fight isn't with some crazy foreign land. No one's calling. This is not real. This is not our life where we are right now. But some of you are in the fight of your life for your marriage. Some of you are in a moment where the enemy is attacking the very fabric of your household and you need to understand that God has not left you, that God has not forsaken you, and that he has your life in his hands. And we know the story. He broke his 300 men up into three groups and they had a trumpet in one hand and a torch in the other. Once again, I'm not going into that fight. I'd prefer to have a sword, a hammer, something mighty. But God says, nope, all you need is a trumpet. All you need is a, a, is a lantern. And when you hear me, and that's where we hear what Gideon says. Hey, when we get there, follow my lead. Do what I do. The Lord is with us. See, our faith grows one step at a time. It might begin with faithfulness in your finances. It might begin with faithfulness in a daily devotional time where you begin to mark the territory of your home with God's word, where your faith becomes more than an idea. It's an action that's realized by your kids, by your spouse, by your family. I've got uh, some good friends of mine, and uh, we, were, we were out the other night, and conversation gets really crazy when you're with your good friends, right? And so I have this friend, and his wife uh, was just kind of laying out there kind of an idea for an early Christmas present. Right? You ever had that? She started to talk. She started to say, uh, you know, there's this idea. I was talking, and, and they, my wife chimed in, and the next thing I know, they were talking about an automatic vacuum cleaner. Have you seen this thing, the Rumba? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you stayed up past 11 o'clock, you've seen the infomercial for this sucker. It's all over the house. It's everywhere. It's moving. And the next thing I know, I, I, my friend and I are sitting in there, and they're looking across the table going, well, uh, our, you know, you could order this now. Amazon, you could go ahead and get it for us. We wouldn't have to vacuum. And I begin to look and go, you know what? What in life don't we have to do anymore? We have all of these automated tools. We have all of these things. You have a vacuum cleaner that will go around your house and vacuum things up for you. And I began to think, and I began to look at her, and I said, you know what? 
I said, man, I, I, this is just like our faith. You can, you can abdicate a lot of things for somebody else to do in your life, but you can never have someone else have faith for you. You have to take care of that on your own by yourself. Judges chapter 6 says faith is built one step at a time. Gideon dealt with his doubt, and God responded. Gideon dealt with his sin, and God responded. Gideon dealt with his enemy, and God delivered him. God has a plan for your life. And my only challenge for you and I today is let's take a small step. What if you leave here and you have an idea in your mind that this week you're going to take one small step in following Jesus? What would it look like in your house for you to begin to be faithful with your time, to give service to the community, to be faithful with your finances? Hey, would you stand to your feet as we close this morning? Our faith is built one step at a time. My challenge to us is let's take a, just take a moment and let's just begin to ask God. In fact, let's just take a second before everybody moves and if the band is coming, I'm not sure. But I just want to pray over you and just ask that God would bolster the faith that's inside of you, that you would have the capacity, the willingness, and the drive to say, Lord, here I am. I have doubts, but I believe you'll answer them. God, there are things in my life that I need to deal with, and I'm willing to tackle those this morning. What would it look like if you and I took one step today closer to Christ? Father, I love you, and I thank you for your goodness. God, in this room today, there are people struggling, Lord, with everything from marriage to addiction to, Lord, just finding their purpose and following you. And Lord, I just speak life and hope and faith over them this morning. Lord, this, this story sparks inside of us this idea, you grow us a little bit at a time. Lord, that each step we take closer to you, God, our faith grows and our confidence is built and we watch your hand provide for us. Lord, deliver us. Lord, today for the family that is wrestling with their children, God, I just speak life into that moment and just say, Lord, would you give them faith to stand on what is right as they're praying over their kids. God, we just pray that there would be a confidence that would come into their house this week and that they would know that they would know that God was going to do something great to bring their, their family back to faith. God, for the marriages that are struggling this week, Lord, I just pray that there would be a confidence, there would be a faith in you, Lord, that you would restore what the enemy is trying to destroy. God, we pray this, Lord, in your name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Hey, we love you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for being with us this morning.